Chapter Ten of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Five by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Storyteller. The new prisoner of whom we have spoken, and who was dressed in a grey blouse with a cotton cap on his head, had attentively listened to and energetically applauded the scheme for punishing the reserve of Germain, even at the expense of his life. This individual, whose form betokened strength and power of no ordinary description, quitted the day-room with the rest of the prisoners without being noticed and soon mingled with the different groups assembled in the courtyard to receive their rations crowding around the persons employed in the distribution like so many hungry cormorants each prisoner received a piece of the meat employed in making the day's soup with about half a loaf of tolerably good bread such of the detenus as possessed the means were allowed to purchase drink at the wine-shop belonging to the prison and even to go thither to regale themselves with their lush while persons who like nicolas had received provisions from their friends generally made a sort of feast to which they invited their most intimate acquaintances the guests selected by the son of the executed felon upon the present occasion were the skeleton barbillon and at the suggestion of the latter piquevinaigre in order that good eating and drinking might quicken his talent for story-telling the ham hard-boiled eggs cheese and delicate white bread wrung from the forced generosity of micou the receiver were arranged most temptingly on a bench in the day-room and the skeleton prepared himself to do ample justice to the repast without in the slightest degree disturbing his appetite by the thoughts of the cold-blooded murder that was to follow it just go and see whether piquevinaigre is coming will you my fine fellow cried he addressing an individual who stood near him i tell you what it is while i'm waiting to choke that stuck-up young fool they call germain i'm blowed if hunger and thirst won't choke me if i have to dawdle about much longer and here don't forget to work old frank up to do for the bum bailiff so that we may kill two birds with one stone as the saying is don't you be afraid old dead alive if frank don't make a stiffen of the bailey it won't be our fault that you may take your oath of and while uttering these words nicolas went forth from the day-room at this moment maitre boulard entered the yard smoking a cigar his hands buried in the pockets of his grey duffel dressing-gown his peaked cap pulled down well over his ears and a look of chuckling satisfaction upon his fat full-blown countenance he quickly espied nicolas who was busily occupied gazing around in search of frank that person was at that precise period of time busily occupied in company with his friend gros boiteux in eating his dinner and from the position in which they sat on one of the benches they perceived not the presence of the bailiff acting in implicit obedience of the directions given him by the skeleton directly nicolas from the corner of his eye descried the approach of maitre boulard he feigned entire ignorance of his vicinity but made for the place where frank and his companions were seated how are you my ticket inquired the bailiff of nicolas bless me answered he i declare i didn't see you i suppose you're like me come out to take a sniff of fresh air and have your daily walk why that's about it but i happen to have more reasons than one to-day and i tell you how it is but first of all catch hold of one of these cigars they're deuced good ones come don't be so missy and shy about it take as many as you like hang it all when men are shut up together in a place like this they oughtn't to be stingy you are very good and so are your cigars but you were saying you had several reasons for walking out to-day well and so i have first and foremost i don't feel as hungry as usual so thinks i i'll go and look on while those chaps eat their dinner 
who knows but the sight of their jaws all working away together may screw me up a bit and give me a relish against feeding time a famous idea said nicolas but if you really want to see a couple of feeders just draw this way there added he pointing to the bench on which frank was sitting what do you think of a pair of grubbers like those i should say we were better behind than before them or they might even swallow us instead of those huge lumps of bread and cheese and onions so rapidly stowed away in their capacious jaws let's have a look at them said maître boulard well to be sure cried nicolas with feigned surprise i declare one of them is gros boiteux gros boiteux and frank both turned around at these words stupefied and speechless the bailiff continued to gaze in utter amazement at the man he had so wronged while starting up with a sudden spring frank threw down the morsel he had been eating and darting on maître boulard he seized him by the throat exclaiming my money my money give me my money hello who are you what do you mean hands off or you'll strangle me i-my money i say my good man only calm yourself and listen to reason no not till you give me back my money what aren't you satisfied with having brought me here can you not restore me what you stole from me but i-i-i-never i tell you again if i get sent to the galleys tis all along of you for had you not taken my little all from me i should not have been driven to the necessity of robbing others i might have lived and died an honest man you may be acquitted you may escape the punishment you deserve but at least you shall carry my marks away with you ha ha you can come it grand and swagger about here dressed up with your gold chains and trinkets but no doubt with the money of other poor devils who have been cheated by you as i have been take that for your pains and that that and that now have you had enough no then here's for you again help help screamed the bailiff as he rolled on the ground at frank's feet while his infuriated antagonist continued to belabour him with all his force the rest of the prisoners took little or no interest in this affray but contented themselves with forming a circle around the two combatants or rather the assailant and the assailed for maître boulard frightened and out of breath made not the slightest resistance but contented himself with warding off his adversary's blows as well as he could fortunately the repeated cries of the poor maltreated bailiff reached the ears of one of the superintending officers by whose intervention he was rescued from the rough hands of frank pale terrified and almost speechless with terror maître boulard arose one eye was wholly closed by the severe beating he had received and without giving himself time to pick up his cap he wildly cried as he rushed towards the officer open the door let me out let me out i can't and i won't stay here another minute help here help help as for you exclaimed the officer grasping frank by the collar do you come along with me before the governor i know you'll catch it too for fighting two days in the black hole is the very least you'll get i promise you i've paid him off at any rate returned frank and i don't care for the rest i say whispered gros boiteux while affecting to be merely helping to arrange his dress i say you won't breathe a word of what's going to happen to the sneak of course oh don't be afraid tis just likely had i been by i might have stood up in his defence because to kill a man in that manner is hard at least and for such a trifle 
but as for telling of it or betraying you all oh no now then called out the officer i say are you coming or are you not that's all right said nicolas we've got well rid of frank and the bailiff now let's go to work without further loss of time upon the sneak as frank was being led from the prison-yard germain and pigvinaigre entered it it was scarcely possible to recognize germain for his hitherto melancholy and dejected countenance was radiant with joy and an exulting happiness he walked proudly erect casting around him a look of certain and assured content he knew himself to be beloved and with that consciousness all the horrors of his prison seemed to disappear pic vinaigre followed him with a timid confused air and after much hesitation at length plucked up sufficient courage to venture to address germain whose arm he gently touched ere the intended victim had reached the group of prisoners who from a distance were examining him with looks of deadly hatred spite of himself germain shuddered at thus being brought into contact with a person of pic vinaigre's appearance whose wretched person and ragged attire were ill calculated to impress any one with a favourable opinion of him but recollecting the earnest advice of rigolette and feeling altogether too happy himself to act with any want of benevolence germain stopped and said to pic vinaigre in a gentle tone of voice what do you want with me my friend i want to thank you for what for the kindness shown to my sister by the pretty young woman who visited you to-day i really do not understand you said germain much surprised well then i'll try and make you just now when i was in the lodge of the prison i saw the man who was on duty in the visitor's room a little while ago ah yes a very good-hearted sort of man too i recollect him well it is not often you can apply that term to the jailers of a prison but the man i mean roussel is his name is really deserving of being styled a kind good-hearted man so all of a sudden he whispers in my ear i say pic vinaigre my lad he says do you know Monsieur germain yes says i i do says i he's the bête noire of the prison-yard then suddenly interrupting himself pic vinaigre said to germain i beg your pardon for calling you a bête noire don't think anything of that but listen to the end of my story oh i'm listening go on yes says i i know who you mean very well says i you mean Monsieur germain the bait noir of the prison-yard and of you too i suppose said the officer in a severe and serious manner oh bless you says i i am too good-natured as well as too much of a coward to venture to call any one disagreeable and less Monsieur germain than any one else says i for i don't see any harm in him and other folks appear to me very cruel and unjust towards him that's all right then answers the officer and i can tell you that you are bound to side with Monsieur germain for he has been very kind to you he says to me says i how do you mean well he answers i don't mean Monsieur germain exactly and it ain't to you altogether he's been kind but still for all that says roussel you are bound to show him your gratitude try said germain smilingly and make me understand what it is you do mean that's precisely what i said to the officer speak more clearly i says so then he makes an answer why it was not Monsieur germain but the very pretty young person that was here just now to see him who loaded your sister with all sorts of kindnesses she overheard the poor thing telling you all her troubles and directly as the creature went out the charming young woman has come visiting to Monsieur germain went and offered to serve her in every way she could 
dear good rigolette murmured germain deeply affected by this little incident she said not one word to me of all this well to be sure i says to the officer what a poor stupid goose i am you are quite right you are Monsieur germain leastways his friend has been good to me that is to say to my sister jeanne which is the same thing only much more than if the favour had been done to myself poor dear rigolette said germain ever the same tender compassionate generous-hearted creature so then the officer goes on to say how he heard all that passed between your nice young woman and my poor sister jeanne and now he says pic vinaigre that you are aware of the fact if you don't try to show kindness by every means in your power to Monsieur germain and more especially if you should know of any plot got up against him and not warn him of it why he says pic vinaigre you would be a regular scamp and a blackguard i tell you what i makes answer and says i'm an unfinished scamp as yet but i'm no blackguard and what's more i never will be worse than i am for the sake of my poor dear jeanne and her children and so because m germain's friend has taken notice of my jeanne who is one of the best and worthiest creatures that ever lived i may venture to boast of my sister though i am ashamed of myself but for that reason i will do all in my power to save or serve m germain unfortunately i can do but little after all never mind do your best that is all i ask of you but i will give you the pleasure of being the pleasing bearer of news to m germain which indeed i have only just learned myself what is it inquired germain that to-morrow morning there will be a vacant chamber you can have for paying for then you will be all by yourself the officer desired me to tell you so indeed exclaimed germain how truly glad i am to hear it that worthy man was right in saying you would be the bearer of pleasant news well i do think so myself for it is quite easy to perceive that you do not feel comfortable among such poor wretches as we are then suddenly breaking off pigvinaigre hastily added in a low whisper while feigning to stoop as though searching for something he had dropped hark ye monsieur germain the prisoners are all looking at us wondering what we are talking about i must go but be on your guard and if any one tries to quarrel with you don't make any answer they want a pretext for all attacking you at once barbillon is the one chosen to provoke you so take especial care of him i will try and turn the attention of the others from being directed towards you in a spiteful manner and with these words pic vinaigre rose up from his stooping position with the air of one who had found the object of his search thanks my good fellow said germain eagerly as he separated from his companion rely on my prudence only that morning aware of the plot against germain which as far as he knew consisted merely in an intention of involving him in some affray which should compel the governor of the prison to remove him to some other yard in the building pic vinaigre was not only ignorant of the murderous designs so recently projected by the skeleton but equally so that the conspirators intended to avail themselves of his recital of gringalet and cut in half to deceive the vigilance of the officer on duty as well as to beguile his attention from what was going on come on old make-believe said nicolas to pic vinaigre as he advanced to meet him throw away that lump of dog's meat you have got in your hand we have got a regular feast among us and you are invited to it a feast la how nice what out of the panier fleuri or the petit raponneau tell us which it is but they are both such nice places there isn't a pin to choose oh you fool 
our feast is prepared in the day-room all laid out so temptingly on a bench there you'll see ham and eggs and cheese and it's my treat mind well i'm one of the right sort to walk into it but it seems a pity to throw away this good ration i have just received i only wish my poor sister and her children could have the benefit of it ah poor things it's not often they see meat unless indeed when they find a few scraps thrown out before the butcher's door oh bother about your sister and her brats let's go in or barbillon and the skeleton will leave nothing but empty trenchers for us nicolas and pique vinaigre entered together in the day-room where they found the skeleton sitting astride on the bench on which the savoury viands were displayed swearing and grumbling at the absence of the founder of the feast oh there you are you creeping animal exclaimed the ruffian as he caught sight of the story-teller what the deuce hindered you from bringing your blessed carcass here a little sooner he was spinning a yarn with germain when i found him answered nicolas helping himself to a large slice of ham ho ho cried the skeleton gazing earnestly on pique vinaigre without however diminishing the ardour with which he devoured the provisions so you were gossiping with germain were you yes i was returned pique vinaigre but what a fool that germain is i used to think that he was a sort of spy in the yard but lord love you he is too much of a simpleton for that oh you think so do you said the skeleton exchanging a rapid and significant glance with nicolas and barbillon i'm as sure of it as i am that i see a capital ham before me besides how the devil can he be a spy when he is always by himself he speaks to no one and nobody ever changes a word with him and you all know that he runs from us as if we carried the plague in our pockets now how a man can tell many tales who acts as he does is more than i can conceive however spy or not he will not be able to do us much harm as to to-morrow he will obtain a room for himself the deuce he will replied the skeleton then taking advantage of a conversation which had commenced between barbillon and pique vinaigre he leaned towards nicolas and said whisperingly you see we have not an instant to lose after four o'clock to-day all chance of serving him out is over it is now nearly three you see unfortunately he does not sleep in my dormitory or i would settle him in the night and to-morrow he will be out of our reach well i don't care answered nicolas as though replying to some observation of his companions i say and i'll stick to it germain always seems to look down upon us as though we were not as good as he no no interposed pique vinaigre you are quite wrong as regards this young man you are indeed you frighten him you do and i know that he considers himself not fit to hold a candle to you why if you only knew what he was saying to me just now let's hear what it was why says he you are a lucky fellow pique vinaigre you are he says to take the liberty of speaking to the celebrated skeleton that was the very word he used just for all the world as if you were his equal but whenever i meet him he says i feel myself overcome with so much awe and respect that though i would give my eyes out of my head to know him and converse with him i no more dare to do it than i should make bold to accost the prefet de police if he were in his chair of office and me beholding him body and bones he said that did he returned the skeleton feigning to believe the well-meant fiction of pique vinaigre 
as well as to feel gratified by the deep admiration he was reported to have excited in the breast of germain as true as you are the cleverest ruffian upon earth he said those very words and more than that he oh then if that is the case said the skeleton i shall make it up with him barbillon wanted to pick a quarrel with him but i shall advise him to be quiet that's right exclaimed picbinaigre fully persuaded that he had effectually diverted from germain the danger that threatened him that would be much the best way for this poor chicken-hearted fellow would never quarrel simply because like me he has not pluck enough to fight therefore it is no use getting into a dispute still cried the skeleton i am sorry too that we shall not have our fun we had quite reckoned upon getting up a fight with germain to amuse us after dinner i don't know now what we shall do to kill the time ah to be sure chimed in nicolas what the deuce shall we do with ourselves can anybody tell me well then i'll settle it said barbillon since you seem to recommend my leaving germain alone i'll agree to do so on condition that picvinaigre tells us one of his best stories done exclaimed the story-teller but i must make one condition as well as you and without both are agreed to i don't open my lips well then say what your condition is i dare say it is not more difficult than the former and we soon agreed about that it is that this honourable company which is overstocked with riches said the pic vinaigre resuming his old tone when addressing his audiences preparatory to commencing his juggling tricks will have the trifling kindness to club together and present me with a small sum of twenty sous a mere trifle gents when you are about to listen to the celebrated pic vinaigre who has had the honour of appearing before the most celebrated prigs of the day he who is now expected at brest or toulon by the special command of his majesty's government well then we'll stand the twenty sous after you have finished your story after no before said picbinaigre what do you suppose us capable of doing you out of twenty sous asked the skeleton with an air of disdain by no means replied picbinaigre i honour the stone jug with my confidence and it is in order to economise its purse that i ask for twenty sous in advance on your word and honour yes gentlemen for after my story you will be so satisfied that it is not twenty sous but twenty francs a hundred francs you will force me to take i know that i should be shabby enough to accept them and thus you see it is from consideration and you will do wisely to give me twenty sous in advance you don't want for the gift of the gab i have nothing but my tongue and i must make use of that and then if it must be told my sister and her children are in terrible distress and in a small house even twenty sous is a consideration then why doesn't your sister prig and her kids too if they're old enough asked nicolas don't ask me it distresses dishonours me i am too kind what do you mean you fool why you encourage her true i encourage her in the vice of being honest and that is the only line in which she shines but come it is agreed that i shall tell you my famous story of gringalet and cut in half but you must hand out twenty sous and barbillon shall not pick a quarrel with this simpleton of a germain well you shall have twenty sous and barbillon shall not pick a quarrel with that simpleton of a germain said the skeleton 
then open your ears and you will hear what you will hear but it is raining which will make the customers tumble in and there will be no occasion to go out and seek them and the rain began to fall and the prisoners quitting the yard took refuge in the day-room the turnkey being still in attendance we have said that this room was large and long with a pavement and lighted by three windows which looked out into the yard in the centre was the stove near which were the skeleton barbillon nicolas and piquevinaigre at a signal from the prevot the gros boiteux joined this group germain was one of the last to enter absorbed in most delightful thoughts and he went mechanically to seat himself on the ledge at the lowest window in the apartment a place he usually occupied and which no one disputed with him for it was at a distance from the stove around which the prisoners were assembled we have already said that some fifteen of the prisoners had been informed in the first instance of the treachery attributed to germain and the murder which was to avenge it but soon whispered to one another the plan comprised as many adherents as there were prisoners these ruffians in their blind cruelty considering this fearful plot as legitimate revenge and viewing therein a certain guarantee against the future disclosure of spies germain piquevinaigre and the turnkey were alone ignorant of what was about to take place general attention was divided between the executioner the victim and the story-teller who was about innocently to deprive germain of the only succour he could hope for for it is nearly sure that the turnkey when he saw the prisoners attentive to the story of piquevinaigre would think his surveillance useless and take advantage of that moment of tranquillity to go and take his meal and when the prisoners had entered the skeleton said to the turnkey old fellow piquevinaig has a capital idea he is going to tell us his story of gringalet and cut in half it is weather in which one would not put a policeman out of doors and we shall quietly wait in till it is time to go to roost why well, you are always pretty quiet when he begins his talk and i have no need for me to be at your heels yes said the skeleton but piquevinaigre asks a high price he wants twenty sous for his story yes the trifle of twenty sous a mere nothing cried piquevinaigre yes gents nothing for who that had a liard would not bestow it to hear the adventures of poor little gringalet cut in half and the wicked gargousse it will rend your hearts and make your hair stand on end and gents who is there that would not dispose of the paltry sum of four liards or if you prefer counting my mites of five centimes to have their hearts rent and their hair standing on end there are two sous said the skeleton throwing down the piece of money before piquevinaigre come is the stone jug too niggardly to enjoy this pastime he added looking at his accomplices with a significant air several sous fell around him to the great joy of piquevinaigre who thought of his sister as he collected the money eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen he said as he picked up the money now my rich friends my capitalists and others of the cash interest try once more you cannot stop at thirteen for it is an unlucky number only seven sous deficient the trifle of seven sous what gents shall it be said that the fosse aux lions could not produce seven sous seven miserable sous oh gents gents you would make me believe that you have been brought here very unjustly or that you have all had a sad run of ill-luck the shrill voice and broad jests of piquevinaigre had brought germain from his reverie 
and as much to follow rigolette's advice and make himself popular with the prisoners as to give a trifle to the poor devil who had testified some desire to be of service to him he rose and threw a piece of ten sous at the tale-teller's feet who exclaimed as he pointed at his generous benefactor ten sous gents you see i was speaking of capitalists honour to that gentleman he behaves like one of the moneyed interest as an ambassador to be agreeable to the company yes gents for it is to him that you will owe the greater portion of gringalet and cut in half and you will thank him for it as to the three sous over why i shall earn them by imitating the voices of the personages instead of speaking like you and me that will be another obligation you will owe to this wealthy capitalist whom you ought to adore come no more blarney but begin said the skeleton one moment gents said pique vinaigre it is but right that the capitalist who has given me ten sous should be the best situated except our prevot who has first choice this proposal squared so well with the skeleton's project that he exclaimed true after me he ought to be best placed and again he looked significantly at the prisoners yes yes let him come nearer said the prisoners let him sit on the front bench you see young man your liberality is recompensed the honourable company sees that you have a right to the front seat said pique vinaigre to germain believing that his liberality had really better disposed his hateful companions in his favour and delighted thus to follow up rigolette's earnest desires germain in spite of considerable repugnance left the place of his choice and went towards the story-teller who having arranged four or five benches around the stove by the aid of nicolas and berbillon said with emphasis here are the dress-boxes all respect to the worthy the capitalist first now then let those who have paid take their seats added pique vinaigre gaily firmly believing that thanks to himself germain had nothing now to fear and those who have not paid he added will sit down or stand up which they please let us sum up the arrangement of his scene pique vinaigre was standing up near the stove ready to commence near him was the skeleton also standing up and with his eyes intently fixed on germain ready to rush upon him the moment the turnkey left the cell at some distance from germain nicolas barbillon cardillac and other prisoners amongst whom was the man with the blue cotton nightcap and grey blouse occupying the remoter benches the majority of prisoners grouped here and there some sitting on the ground others standing and leaning against the wall composed the secondary figures of this picture lighted a la rembrandt by three lateral windows which threw strong light and deep shadows on forms so variously characterized and so strongly marked the turnkey whose departure was to be unknown to himself the signal for germain's murder kept close to the door which was ajar are we all ready asked pique vinaigre of the skeleton silence in the stone jug said the latter turning half around and then addressing pique vinaigre now begin we are all attention End of chapter ten read by celine major